0: Morning, everyone, and welcome to our last service here at Woodlawn for the year 2020. Let's pray, and then we'll get started. Merciful Father, thank you for those who are gathered here in this building and those who are joining online. Bless each of them and give them ears to hear and hearts to receive as you use me to deliver your message of hope. Holy Spirit, remove anything that is meant to distract or derail. Feel me so full of you that I do not stand in the way of what you want to accomplish here today. May we walk away from this place better because we have been in your presence. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, do you guys feel like you have been through one of the hardest years ever? Strangest? Most definitely. So many things that have happened that have been so far out of our control. And add a global pandemic to the list of life's ordinary ups and downs and we have been on a roller coaster ride that Walt Disney himself could not have conceived. I don't know about you, but at times I have felt like one of those people that get off an especially wild ride. You know the ones their hairs are standing on end. They're pale and sweating. And their breathing becomes real intentional because they're trying to keep the contents of their stomach in their stomach. Yep, that's kind of year 2020's been. (laughs) So here we are, mere hours from a brand new year. And we are hoping against hope, please, dear Jesus, that we're going to get a better new year. And it's great to have good things, new things to look forward to. Just the thought of a new year brings all these possibilities to mind. We're starting a new church with new ministries, and that's exciting, right? I'm looking forward to shedding some time off my long runs. Everyone is looking forward to something, most likely something new. Most of them are born out of a change that we want to make in ourselves, right? Something that we want to do differently, like exercise more and eat better so that we can have a new number when we stand on those little squares that come straight from the pit. (laughs) It's good that we want to do better and be better. So the title of this message is New Day, New Mercies. And we need those, don't we? The truth is we are hoping that 2021 is a better year but what if it's just more of the same? Now, more than ever, we need to look to the God of second chances, the God that brings new mercies every new day. So what exactly is mercy? Mike Howerton explains it like this in his book, The God of Second Chances. He says that two years in a row, he forgot to renew his car tag. And two years in a row, he received a ticket for that violation. So he went to court the second year. He looked at the judge and he said, I throw myself on the mercy of the court. Impressed by him or perhaps just amused, the judge waived the penalty for his expired tax. And like that judge, God waives his penalty for all of those who throw themselves upon his mercy. So mercy is defined as Compassion or forgiveness shown to someone whom it is within one's power to harm or punish. Thankfully, mercy is not enough for God. It's not that he offers us mercy. He does forgive us when it is his right to harm or punish us. But more than that, he offers us his grace. And grace is that God gives us his love and mercy simply because he wants us to have it. Not that we ever did or could deserve it. So, what we're really talking about is God's grace, his mercy and love toward us. It is the grace of God that brings salvation to everyone and gives us the ability to grow in faith and holiness. It is God's grace that enables us to make it through the hard days. And it's God's grace that gives us hope for better days tomorrow. So grace is an immensely vital doctrine in Christianity at the dawn of a new year, at the end, and every day in between. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul makes a confession that I pray will be the confession of everyone who attends the Woodlawn this year. It comes at verse 10. He says, But by the grace of God, I am who I am. His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored any, even more than all of them. He's talking about the other apostles. Yet not I, but the grace of God within me. So essentially he's saying, only by God's grace am I anything of worth or value. God made me his own, but I worked harder than everyone else. But not really. I only did what God's Spirit empowered me to do. And God's Spirit empowered him to do quite a lot, actually. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, planted many churches, went on long mission trips, and personally mentored many of the leaders that followed in his footsteps. What a different world we would live in if everybody who claimed the name of Jesus felt and lived that way speaking of the importance of grace in the life of a believer pastor and author max cicado said grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off when grace happens we do not receive a nice compliment from god but a new heart and that's exactly what happened to paul he went from being a religious fanatic that hunted and abused christians to being a Christian that praised God when he himself was abused for the cause of Christ. Paul did that because Christ had given Paul a new heart. So in a letter that Paul wrote to one of the younger men that he was mentoring, named Titus, we get a beautiful picture of what grace compels us to do. Grace brings change, remember? Paul is writing to Titus, and in chapter 2, verses 11-14, he says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for that blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who, himself, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Now let's take a look at that for a second because it's so important. God's Word is spilling out for us, spelling out for us how we should live as those who have received God's grace and salvation. We should deny ungodliness and worldly desires. We should not look like the world, nor should we act like it, nor should we want what the world wants. People ought to be able to see that there is something different about us. We are to live sensibly, righteously, and godly lives. We shouldn't be out there making decisions that wreck our lives and the lives of those who love us looking for that blessed hope and coming of our Savior. We as Christians should have hope. We should not mourn as the world does. We know that Christ is coming again to receive us unto himself. We win. God himself is going to wipe the tears from our eyes. We will live and reign with him forever. All promises made to us in God's word that cannot fail. So it is okay to have emotions. We are only human. But we will never be defeated or without hope in this world. That is the news that should bring joy to us even when it seems that the world is coming apart at the seams. To purify for himself a people that belong to him. He saved us To purify us and make us zealous for good works. We are supposed to be holy. We are in relationship with a holy God. God saved us and wants us to be more like Him. Grace brings change. So, are you zealous for good works? Is it your heart's desire to see people saved? and healed, and made whole. I think sometimes we forget who we are and what we're called to do. You know, I think sometimes we accept that grace gladly that saves us, but we try to reject that grace that's supposed to change us. So if grace is not being lived out in your life the way it should be, I know of no more effective way to stir it up within us by practicing what John Wesley called a means of grace these are his words on the matter he says by means of grace I understand outward signs words or actions ordained by God and appointed for this end to be the ordinary channels by which he might convey to individuals either preventing which is the grace that comes before salvation justifying the grace that saves Or sanctifying grace, which is the grace that changes us in a Christ's image. I use this expression, means of grace, because I know none better. And because it has been generally used in the Christian church for many ages. The chief of these means are prayer, whether in secret, secret or in the congregation. Searching the scriptures, which implies reading, hearing, and meditating on them. And receiving the Lord's Supper, eating bread and drinking wine in remembrance of our Lord Jesus. And these we believe to be ordained of God as the ordinary channels of conveying his grace to the souls of individuals. Yet he is also quick to caution. All outward means whatever, if separated from the Spirit of God, cannot profit at all. Cannot lead in any degree either to the knowledge or love of God. Means of grace. Actions taken by us as believers in order to receive God's grace. The most important are prayer, scriptures, and receiving communion. Others include fasting, serving, and giving. These are the things that we need to be doing in order to bring grace to life in our lives. So what is the point about this? How do we apply this to our lives and our situations? This year, we can trust that God's grace is going to grow us in righteousness with firm confidence in our salvation. That's what the Word said. God's grace appeared to bring salvation to all. Since we have received God's justifying grace, we can trust that his sanctifying grace will make us over in the image of Christ Jesus. We can participate in that grace by practicing means of grace. We can pray. We can read and hear the word. We can receive communion. We can fast. We can give and we can serve. And as God would have it, 21 days of prayer begins One week from tomorrow, at 6 a.m. in this very room, every weekday, and at 9 a.m. on Saturdays, we can meet together right here in this building to practice those means of grace together as a church family. And on Sundays, we will attend our normal services. If you cannot be here in person, you can still participate either online, live, at the appointed times, or later in the day at your convenience. You do not have to participate in the 21 days of prayer to receive God's grace. But if you do not, you will be missing a tremendous blessing. Now this is the time of year when we start deciding what it is that we really want to change in the coming year. I'm hoping to make some changes as well. But it's not enough to do better physically and mentally. Our spiritual lives need to be cultivated. In her book, *Old Paths for a New Year, Christina Fox says we must allow the Holy Spirit to use these means to transform our hearts and lives as we go into the new year. We are not transformed by our ability to read scriptures or how well we listen when it's preached or how fervently we pray or how faithfully we take communion. We are transformed by the spirits use to these means by God's grace and for Christ's glory. So that same spirit and that same grace that changed Saul into Paul and empowered John Wesley to create a movement that's still alive and well today in the form of many denominations is the same spirit that wants to use his grace To transform you. God's grace is the most powerful force on this earth. And when you couple it with the move of the Holy Spirit. You have a recipe for miracles. By God's grace in this coming year. People are going to be saved. They are going to be healed. And they are going to be made whole. They are going to be delivered from death. And from the demonic we truly believe that God is going to do the miraculous in and through Woodlawn in the new year. So if it is your desire to be a part of a great move of God and you want to submit yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you want to say to God today that it is my utmost desire to allow Him to use you in mighty ways, I invite you to stand and pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace. Thank you for saving us and leading us to this place. We believe and know that you are searching the world to find hearts totally sold out to you. And we say to you, Lord, that we are they. We give our hearts and minds. To you and ask you to transform us into the image of Jesus. Use us to do what only you can do this year at Woodlawn and in our community, Lord. Make us a light so bright that the world is drawn to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.